Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Emery Gewertz, FACTS Director of Behavioral Health, is discussing with us today how teens can start the conversation with their parents about stress, anxiety, depression, or any other kind of feelings they might be having. This podcast is directed to all teens, but parents are welcome to listen and learn and join us today. Emery Gewertz, a native of New Jersey, has been heavily involved in the food allergy community for over 10 years. Emery began her collaboration with FACT as a volunteer teen counselor for FACT's Camp TAG when it launched in 2010 and was a counselor every summer in our New Jersey location through 2018. She has also been a teen leader for FACT's Teen Retreat for the past six years. Emery enthusiastically shares her stories and experiences of living as a young adult with food allergies. Topics she has covered include preparing for college, dating, dining out, and mental health. Emery has lived with anaphylactic food allergies to dairy, fish, shellfish, and peanuts her whole life and has a deep understanding of how to stay safe, healthy, and happy with whatever comes her way. Emery holds a Bachelor of Science in Public Health with a concentration in health communication from the College of New Jersey and a Master's of Arts in School Psychology from Rowan University. Since graduation, Emery has worked to develop health programs in inner-city schools, as well as she has held several small groups on mental health management. Emery is currently pursuing her education specialist degree to become a certified school psychologist. Welcome, Emery, back to the show. As you know, you're one of my favorite guests, and I'm so happy to have you back. Oh, Caroline, I'm so glad to be here. Today's show is very special because it's geared toward our teens. Parents will be listening, and parents, hello to you. But we really hope you share this with your teens. We think this is going to be really important, and welcome to today's show. We're going to dive right into our topic today. Can you help listeners understand what kinds of feelings teens might have about their food allergies? Sure. So this is going to be different for every teen, especially with where they're at in their journey. So some teens might feel empowered by their food allergies, fully knowing that it makes them unique and brave and more responsible than most teens. But on the flip side, some teens might be insecure or ashamed about their food allergies, or perhaps even becoming depressed about their food allergies. So... It's important to remember that this can also change over time. So as I mentioned in a podcast previously, I'm allergic to dairy, fish, and shellfish, peanuts, as well as I have oral allergy syndrome to several fruits and vegetables. And for me, and what I've experienced with working with teens over the years with food allergies is there's always a moment when you become acutely aware of how your food allergies affect the life around you and your own personal life. So for me, that was in fourth grade when a teacher was handing out Christmas treats for the whole class, and I said, no, thank you, I'm allergic. And as soon as I said that, she started screaming. She yanked me out of the classroom and collected all the treats, and that was the first time I was acutely aware I'm different, and I just ruined something for someone else. 
So for me, before that, I had thought my allergies were cool. I got a special treat when birthdays came to class. I sat out, I sat at my own table. I thought I was really cool. And at that moment, things changed for me and I became insecure about my food allergies. And then I worked through my own personal journey uh, to build that confidence up, to become an advocate, just like we encourage teens to become. So it's okay if you're going through a journey with that, but that's normal. It's normal to go through the ups and downs of hating your food allergies and then loving your food allergies or being excited about this and then let down the next time that you're invited to a restaurant you can't eat at. That's normal, but all of us, teens especially, have to actively work to overcome that. What are you going to do with what you've been given? Thank you for sharing that personal story. It really makes complete sense. You know, as a parent, we see our children and we think it's fine and we think it's good. And we're thinking, okay, that teacher did the right thing. They pulled you out of the classroom. They made the space safe. But then you receive this other message. So thank you for sharing. Absolutely. And as an adult, of course, and as teens, if you guys are listening out there, when you grow older, it's easy to look back and see she did that with great intentions. And she did that with safety in mind, even though, you know, I felt that I didn't need it at the time and I felt different. But still, those little moments, just as you're saying, that adults kind of might glaze over for us as children or teens or even young adults, that can be a game changer for how we perceive and have a self-concept about ourselves moving forward. So now let's go into the mechanics of mental health. What is mental health in general? And then from there, we can learn about what good mental health is. Right. So mental health is now a trendy word, you know, to say that we're doing something for our mental health. In essence, we use the word mental health to refer to someone's psychological, social, and emotional well-being. So that's like, how are we acting? How are we feeling? What are we thinking? How are we handling stress? How are we relating to others? How are we making our choices? So all those things encapsulate mental health. Thank you for that explanation. All right, now speaking directly to our teens who are hopefully listening to this podcast, how can a teen safely start the conversation about their own mental health to their parent or another trusted adult in their life? Absolutely. So I think it's a great idea. We've talked in podcasts past that it's very important to be open with mental health, that we're working hard to reduce stigma and that we're all part of that in reducing the stigma. So for teens, I think the best way to start that conversation with a parent is wait for the opportune time. If you know that your parent is really stressed before work or coming home from work, don't do it then. If you know that they're really happy after dinner time, after they're fed or after dessert, wait and talk to them then. We live with our parents, teens live with their parents so they know what makes them tick, they know when they're annoyed, and they know when they're in a good mood. Wait until your parent's in a good mood and then start this conversation. Not when they're busy, not maybe when they're in the middle of their chores or tax season, you know. We want to wait for that opportune time. And I also suggest a really great tip is before you want to start the conversation, it can sometimes be easier to start probing questions like, Maybe you're thinking about having this conversation, but you want to feel out your parents. So you could ask different questions like, hey, mom, hey, dad, have you ever experienced depression? Or how do you think you would feel if you had food allergies? Or something like, have you ever not been able to stop thinking about something? And see what their opinions on these matters are before you say it's something that you're struggling with. Because if they respond with a yes, or at least even think about your prompt and ruminate on it and think about an answer, 
you can pre-assess if empathy is there. And teens, you'll be surprised that a lot of parents are more empathetic and sympathetic than you think they are. And you bring up a really excellent point about timing. I love my children to death, but they never have a question before 11 p.m. <laughs> so we need a little bit of heads up on that, especially if we get up at six. But timing is really important. You know, and, and you're right. I think parents are much more ready to listen and have that conversation than teens might realize. Right. Exactly. So thank you for bringing that up. Now, why should a teen speak to the adult? Why can't they just talk to their friends about their mental health? So that's a good question. And I would wager to believe that most teens are going to start out talking to their friends. So that's fine. It's wonderful to have friends that you can trust with your issues. And beyond that, it's wonderful to have friends that understand your issues. And that's why, you know, we have activities like teen retreat to get teens connected with people that understand them. But we have to remember, a friend isn't a licensed therapist. A friend doesn't have a degree. A friend might not even have the life experience. And a friend doesn't really know where to point you. So while it might be nice and uh, stress relieving to talk to a friend, maybe your friend can help encourage you talk to a parent, or maybe you can text your friend before you bring it to your parent. But a parent is an adult. They have a lifetime of wisdom, and they love you. And so they're going to help you, and they're going to be able to point you to resources. They're going to be the ones that can help you research perhaps a therapist or a counselor or a psychologist to go to. They're going to connect you with maybe resources that are available in your school. You live with your parent, and they're going to do anything to help you, and especially if any of this stress or depression or anxiety is present while you're in your home, you're going to need to talk to your parents so they can help you work that out. A friend can't do that, but a parent or trusted adult can and, you know, based on trusted adult, let's talk a little bit about that. How does a teen figure out who's a trusted adult? Who do you see pouring into your life? Who loves you? Who goes out of the way for you? Who maybe even picks up on, on when you're off? When you come home from school, does one of your parents notice if you've had a bad day or something didn't go your way? How We develop trust by people we spend time with. We can develop trust by the deeper conversations we have. So a trusted adult doesn't have to be a parent. Perhaps it's a school counselor or a teacher. Perhaps a trusted adult is one of your friend's parents or a grandparent. So there's a lot of adults that can be key players in your life. So don't, teens listening out there, if you're not comfortable with going to your parent first, you can go to another trusted adult and maybe even they can help you have the conversation with your parent. But trusted adults, we have to sort of gauge that for ourselves, who we trust. But usually we can see trust from who is actively involved in our lives, who shows up for you again and again and again. Thank you for that explanation. So now that we've talked about finding a trusted adult, what can a teen do if their conversation with their parent isn't working out well and it isn't going in the right direction? Is this the time they turn to a trusted adult or do they go back and try other methods? So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Right. So this is kind of the scary part of this conversation, right? That's what teens are going to be thinking about. What if this doesn't go well? And while I'd like to say that it's going to go well, we don't know if that's true. There's going to be times when it might not go well. But that's when we need to take a pause and we can revisit. You know, perhaps parents need time to digest it. Should you be met with compassion and do you deserve that? Absolutely. But that's not always going to happen. Sometimes if parents haven't practice controlling their emotions or filtering what they want to say, they can say things in the moment they don't mean 
or react in a way that's off-putting to you as a teen, but maybe that's not how they meant to react. So put the conversation on pause. And just like you suggested, Caroline, go seek another trusted adult if you, if you can't wait. If this is a pressing issue, maybe go seek that aunt or uncle that you really trust or an, an older sibling perhaps that can help you. You could also seek out your school counselor. School counselors or school psychologists are trained and they know how to bring a parent into the conversation and help you with that conversation. So if you need to change up the setting and have it in school because you feel safe there, your school counselor or school psychologist will help you invite your parent into that. And then another thing, if it's not going well and, and you take a pause and you back away from it and you don't want to get the school involved, you don't have another adult that you trust, maybe your parents are the only people you trust. So another idea, if you don't want to get the school involved or you don't have another adult you can go to, maybe your parents are the only adults that you trust, I really like the idea of writing a letter. So sometimes these conversations don't work out because our parent is abrasive or they didn't meet us the way that we thought or maybe they were cutting us off a lot and, and weren't understanding us the way that we wanted to. But on the flip side, maybe you as the teen had a hard time explaining yourself or you didn't give enough details. So your feelings didn't come across the way that you wanted to. Talking about our feelings can be hard, especially if you aren't used to it. Writing a letter is a really great option. So you can write out all the things that you're feeling, all the things that you're experiencing, how you want your parent to help or what you need, or even writing out you don't know what you need, but this is what you're feeling, and then giving that letter to an adult. And that's a really great option too, even if you are afraid to have this conversation in general. Maybe you don't even want to try out this conversation. Start out with a letter if that's going to be if you're shy or you're nervous or perhaps this is actually worsening your anxiety to have to talk about it. Write a letter. That's great. And that can start the conversation and put the ball in your parents' court. And then they can have the conversation with you and maybe you'll feel a little bit more comfortable with them knowing that they already have a heads up of what you're talking about and what you're feeling. And that way, too, we talked a little bit earlier about parents not reacting the way we want because they haven't digested it. The idea of writing a letter allows them to digest it on their own times, too, so that they can come to you with an ease and a calming and a willingness to help. I love this letter writing method. That is brilliant. I have a tendency to get really excited when the conversations start. So sometimes my kids will even say, okay, mom, we need to talk to you about something, but don't blow up. Like, mm. Don't react chill out. And so I appreciate them giving me that information on, you know, I need to, to back up and that helps keep me in check. But I love the idea of the letter writing because now that way you, we can read it and digest it and think about it and think about solutions or ideas. So brilliant, brilliant method. Thank you. And I think you bring up a good point too that I'll just add really quickly for teens. If you know that your parent uh, gets excited or is going to be quick to ask all these questions, Give the details up front or tell them that something along the lines of, I'm not sure how you're going to react to this. Can you please let me finish talking before you interject or give your piece? Something like that. Maybe have a precursor if you know that um, you have a parent that might interject because sometimes that can take away the integrity of what you're trying to say because you're fielding questions before you've even gotten to your point. That is really good advice, especially for someone like me. Just <laughs> Give those details. Mom, hold on. Let's get through this. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you. As parents, I guess we need to be managed too. <laughs> Don't we all? Now, do you have any specific tips for our teens to help them through those really tough conversations? So you've given this the tip of the letter, but are there any tips for the actual conversation? Yeah. 
So I would say, firstly, don't wait. So a lot of you teens out there might have anxiety or maybe anxiety is the issue you want to talk about. Maybe you have food allergy related anxiety or just generalized anxiety. So waiting on a conversation that you know needs to happen can actually increase your anxiety. So if you feel like it's time to talk about your mental health, it's time to talk about your mental health. Secondly, we sort of touched on it, but I would say give details. Your parents want to help you, but a lot of parents out there are going to be quick to ask those questions. So give them details right away because then they'll be able to help you. Be direct, don't overanalyze, and that's a really good approach that you can do to these conversations. And then lastly, and probably most importantly, prepare. It's really reasonable that these conversations might make you nervous or you don't really know what to do, but that's why we need to prepare in advance. You can, there's nothing wrong with practicing in a mirror or practicing with that friend that you really trust and plan out what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. So some conversation starters I I think would work out really well would be saying something like, hey mom, could we talk? I've been feeling way more anxious than usual lately. I think I might need help. Or I'm not feeling myself lately. I don't feel right. Or I have some important things on my mind. I'm wondering if there is a good time to talk. Or dad, for the past month or week or year, however long it's been, I've been feeling stressed. Or maybe the word is hopeless, depressed, anxious, lonely. Telling you makes me nervous, but I'm telling you because I trust you. Or something like, I have been feeling unlike myself for a while. Telling you makes me feel more anxious, but I'm telling you because I don't know what to do. So we can use those different conversation starters. We can, we can tell them that we have something important to talk about. We can tell them up front what word it is, whether that's, like we said, anxious, stressed, worried, whatever word, insert it for you, and use those conversation starters as a way to, to start the conversation. And that's all about that preparation. It's okay to practice in advance. It's okay to memorize that conversation starter to go in feeling your most confident. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Excellent advice. Thank you for those tips. Now, is there anything else that you would like to share with our teens today? I'd just like to add that you're not alone. So this is these kind of feelings are really common for teens with food allergies, for kids with food allergies, even for adults with food allergies. It's always going to be a journey, and that's okay. So you're not alone in it. And that's why we have a wonderful community here at FACT where there's people that can understand you, whether you're, you're feeling sad or you're feeling anxious or you're suffering from some sort of PTSD from something with food allergies and you're needing help. You are not alone, and there's a great community here for you, including your parents. And with that, there's no better day to end today. So if you're listening to this podcast and there is something on your mind that you need to talk about, seize it today. Practice those conversation starters that we talked about and do it today because you're never going to regret that you sought help because you're ultimately going to end up feeling better. And that's all what we want for you. And that's what your parents want for you. And I'm sure that's what you want for yourself. Very important words of wisdom. Once again, thank you. I really appreciate your time. And I always appreciate your authenticity and how you share your own personal experiences, because that makes it all so relatable. So thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Teens, you can do it. Talk to you next time. Thank you all for listening to Facts Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. 
please subscribe, share, and review our podcast, and be sure to connect with us on social media. You can find us on Apple Podcast, iTunes, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Have a great day, and always be kind to one another.